everybody. Welcome back to H2O and Friends. I'm Brian. And I'm Brooke. And we are so happy to have you all back here. We are coming to you live straight to SD card uh, from the H2O Kent offices downtown in beautiful Kent, Ohio. Hallelujah. Uh, we, we are distant from each other, mm-hmm. but it is just good to be able to look at you and... Look at our friend, Gara Snelling. Gara. Yes. Hi. She's here. How are you? Oh. Welcome to the show, Gara. It's my third time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Um, so we tried to record uh, via the internet Yep. Uh, earlier in the week. The internet was just being a real punk. The tubes were being dumb. The pipes were clogged. And then I got you – know, we're, we're in the office, new setup. Things probably sound a little different. Um, but we got about, what, two minutes into an episode, and I realized <laughs> I wasn't recording. <laughs> but I can faithfully say we are now recording, and um, God is real, mm-hmm. and we're doing it. Yeah. It's real. And it's good he to be here. So um, we usually start the podcast with just talking about how our weeks are going. And um, – Brooke, I think I want to start with you. How's your week going? What's up over there? Yeah. Um, man, my week has been long. My week has been, um, well, I'll say this. I have felt probably every possible emotion you can feel within the span of a week, but it's it's just been really good stuff. So I started like a week ago today. So today's Wednesday. A week ago today. I actually had the honor and privilege of being part of um, a conciliation process for um, a conflict happening um, yeah, within our church network, and I had the honor and privilege of being a third-party care team member, so I really just got the chance to listen to this process unfold, and while it was um, what felt like holy and sacred ground to walk on, just hearing people's hearts and insecurities and struggles and how Mm -hmm. that can contribute to conflict, but then how Jesus through reconciliation, how he's reconciling, reconciling others to himself, how that's possible because of the gospel. And so it was three days of nine hour zoom calls. (laughs) So if that gives you any idea of, um, I don't even know the word for that. Just lots of zoom torture. Sure. Which like one hour feels like two or three. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Nine, nine was a lot. Cause I was, my video was on, but I had to be muted for most of the time. Cause I was just a listener. <sighs> um, the worst. not just a listener. I was a listener. It was really great to be able to do that. But I was like fidgety and also taking notes and also just listening oh, yeah. to things that are happening. Yeah. And it was such a privilege and taught me a lot. I made a list of 13 things that this process <laughs> taught me Dang. a lot about, um, just church culture, the healing power of the gospel. Um, you know, we want to be churches who value voice, things like that. Made a whole list. Would love to share with y'all at a different time. And yeah. so that happened. And then we also had, um, a pastor in our network pass away, um, just a few days ago in that, that hit hard too. Cause I know that some of our pastors are really good friends with John, um, is his name for those of you who might not know. Yeah. Um, so that was 
that was a lot to grieve. And then of course, on top of that, there is just a lot of injustice happening in our country right now in terms of what's happened to Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, just, um, feeling the unrest and injustice and, uh, the sin of racism in the world, but also just been reflecting on what that looks like in my own life and how I can do better. And again, we want to be a church that values voice. So the last week has felt like, um, just really full. Like I hit, I think I just hit my emotions limit to the fact where I had to combat. I'm like, all right, let's not numb this out. Now is not the time to numb things out, but let's really surrender to the Lord and seek peace from him. That's not from this world, but also that this is now a time to act and to listen and repent and just feeling the weight of all that within the span of a week. So it yeah. felt like really powerful. It just felt like the Lord is, is definitely doing something where there's a reconciliation happening in a conflict, um, within our network and the gospel is moving there. And it also feels like there can be reconciliation and it's happening. And, um, there's still like work to be done within our nation and in our world too. And I see that, um, just right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks for asking. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So, um, when you say you hit like an emotional limit or like you need to like, I think you had said like something to the effect of like needing to just like block stuff out or move on or something like that. Like, what is, what does that look for you? Like, how do you know you're hitting that, that point, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. It definitely feels like I start to numb and, um, I think the thought crosses my head. This is too much. I'm going to put it to the side. Yeah. And quite frankly, that's not what our, um, brothers and sisters of color need right now. I've been doing that for too long. Our country has been doing that for too long, but for me personally, it felt like, what if instead of numbing, I just process this in prayer with the Lord and, um, yeah, so it just, I can feel myself starting to slip into, yeah, apathy and numbness and thinking, mm-hmm. okay, I got, I got to yeah. keep myself busy so I don't like sit too long in something. And <clears throat> that I recognize that. And I recognize that there's a point to, to pause and to grieve and to feel pain. Um, but that's usually a difficult discipline for me. And so to, um, engage with that and to turn it to the Lord really just looks like I have to write it down. I have to write down what feels like Mm. it's too much and I have to write it out. And then in my mind, I'm, I'm speaking these things up to the Lord and he's hearing them and then just spending some time reading. It's helpful to just go back into like the old Testament. Cause that's what I'm reading through right now. So I could just read okay. stories in, um, second Chronicles, which second Chronicles. <laughs> you're like, how is that at all? Deep cuts. Deep how cuts. is that at all relevant? And it is folks, because God's word is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. That's right. <laughs> um, but there were just some stories of, um, 
disobedience and repentance and God's holiness, even in Second Chronicles, that felt really a, applicable even today and for my own life and to be obedient to um, confess things to the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking, though, Brian. Yeah, of course. Um, Gara, how's your week going? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, we go from Second Chronicles to, how's it going, Gara? How's it? Yeah. How's it going? I mean, I mean, Second Chronicles is a wonderful foundation to, to jump off of. Um, I, my week is fine. I think I, yeah. um, it's been a lot of like applying for jobs <clears throat> cause I got laid off about a week and a half week, two weeks ago. Um, and so that's been like a big part of the first parts of my day. Um, so not very encouraging to start my day off, but if I don't do that, then like I, I won't do it at all. Um, yeah. Cause it sucks. It sucks so bad. It's um, not fun. But yeah, I pushed through. Th- so pushing through that has been has been fine. Um, I think, yeah, with all the social injustice stuff going around, it's. I think I'm similar to you, Brooke, where it's where I felt um, myself kind of wanting to go numb, and I think yeah. uh, I think I have been. I think though it's it's different when you're a person of color. I think we've been living with it for a very long time, um, in a in a very hurtful way, and so. <clears throat> feeling any more of that feels overwhelming and makes yeah. me tired. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's been an interesting point to be at in this journey of, you know, mm-hmm. how do I actively kind of, um, speak up about racism, but also not ignore my feelings on it. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. But on the other end of that, I've been watching a lot of funny things. Oh yeah, yes. like what? what? Yeah, to give me some serotonin. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need it. I know. Uh, I've been watching Middle Ditch and Swartz. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I still have one episode really? left to watch. That's I, a good one. I'm still like, okay. So here's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I'm at the point where so there's only three. Right, right. And I'm at the point where I'm like, this is so incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I always want. I don't want to watch the last episode because I always want just that one that I still have yes, to like yes. look forward to, you that know, prize. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thomas, I've noticed that Thomas Middleditch has, uh, we have a similar vibe. He and I, like if you see him, oh, like the way that he stands okay. specifically in like episode two, I've watched these twice. <laughs> so They're like, so good. I've had a lot of time to observe mm-hmm. and, um, Yeah. I just connect really well with Thomas Middleditch, but Ben Schwartz is just so talented. It's crazy. Yeah. He's amazing. I I connect really well with Ben Schwartz. (laughs) No. (laughs) That was a total Honestly, he's my spirit animal. Oh, okay. That's where we're going. No. No. No, No, that was a joke. I don't like that phrase. Spirit animal? Really? No. So if someone asks you what your spirit animal is, you'd be like, actually, I decline. I decline. The Holy Spirit Spirit dwells within me, and so I don't know what you want me to say. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) My feelings about it aren't that strong. You can continue, (laughs) Gara. I got nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) No, but if if I'm Ben Schwartz and you're Thomas Middleditch, then should we do a comedy skit together? Are you good at improv? Yes. I don't know. Are you? I think so. <laughs> okay. As long as you're good, I feel like it could be good. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know why I said yes so confidently. You're like, yes. Uh, Actually. <laughs> so you've been watching Middle Ditch and Schwartz for yes. some serotonin. Some serotonin. Yeah. I've been watching Avatar. And Avatar is surprisingly funny. I don't think people look at Avatar and be like, wow, 
I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I can. I can attest. I've. I've also been watching Avatar lately. It's been really enjoyable. All right? Isn't it so cute? Everyone's so watching what, Avatar. Garrett, are you? Would you be a water, air, fire, or earth bender, or would you be the Avatar? Wow. Wow. I don't think I'm mature enough, even at 24, to be the Avatar. Um, I'm definitely. I'm definitely a firebender. I think mm. that's controversial if you're still in the beginning to towards middle to last mm. of Avatar <laughs> because the Fire Nation is um, iconically just making poor choices all the time. But they have so much life within them and, they're, and okay. fire is also life and purification and refinement. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And I just like the fact that people are burning. Not like that. <laughs> Like, like, like on the I like that. I like that. But like, they just have fire in their hands. I think that's really cool. So, yeah. That is cool. That's right? a cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah. The burning vibe. A burning vibe. I, yeah. I like the word that you use refinement. Is mm. that, is that a process that you, that you value or hold highly? Ooh. Wow. That's a good question. Um, it is, I think, specifically in, in things that people are good at like your talents or your gifts that God has given you. I think refinement is something that I connect with precision. Hmm. And I really, really love precision. I love when people are good at what they do and it's so precise. And you're like, it is, it is like non, you can't debate it. Like that person is good at this and you can see it in the, how they perform. And that just keeps getting better and better. So I like that, like toning something. Mm. One thing I love about recording here in the H2O studio is all these loud cars and uh, motorcycles with loud pipes. It's a beautiful Mm. night to ride. (laughs) Yeah, those guys need to shut up their bikes, though. (laughs) (laughs) I also, that's a quote from Luke Steinkamp. I had to put that in there. It's a nice night to ride? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's nice. Shout out to Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Luke. Yeah. Hey, Luke. Brian, how has your week been? Um,. Can I do that? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, well, my week since since we did our first failed recording <laughs> um, has honestly been pretty pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing actually considerably better today, um, but I've just been like really depressed the last couple of days, um, and. Yeah, it's almost exclusively over um, just the the racial stuff that our, our nation's going through right now. And it's been really um, confusing. It was, it was kind of all kicked off by, you know, all the stuff that's happening in the news with police brutality. Um, but then reading a couple chapters of – help me out here, Brooke – The uh, Color, Color of, of Compromise. Compromise. Yes. And I don't think it was any new information per se, but it was like laid out very clearly just about how literally our nation is founded on the backs of enslaved people from Africa and, um, and just like the, I don't even want to say cheap labor, but just the, um, free labor and and to put it lightly and just the cost that went along with that. And so uh, that is disgusting enough. Um, 
But then, you know, missionaries from Europe came over to America to um, share the gospel with slaves. And they came up with this moral dilemma of them knowing that the gospel means your soul is free and, and like God wants for people to be free physically also. And they had this moral dilemma of, 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 it was just this, basically this question of, do we go with greed and give, you know, teach slaves this kind of bastardized weaponized version of the gospel that says, well, your soul's free, but really you should be even more obedient to your so-called masters. And, um, yeah, to put it lightly, um, I was just, I don't, I don't know whether I knew that or not, but I was just really, really offended, um, and really upset. And I don't need to defend God. God can defend God, but I was just really broken and upset and angry. And the same day that I read that our, our president asked a bunch of police to tear gas and use uh, pepper spray or whatever to clear out protesters who were by all accounts peaceful in front of a church and then to stand in front of a church and wave a Bible around for a photo opportunity. And, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's unavoidable to talk about politics. So I just am, um, that really deeply offended me and angered me. And to the point where I was in tears, (laughs) I was trying to, um, grill hamburgers (laughs) outside Mm -hmm. and it wasn't going so well. And I was just really, really upset and frustrated and crying. And God bless my wife. She always knows what I need. She comes outside and she goes, hey, do you need to, like, take a walk? Because that's, that's just been, like, super helpful and therapeutic for me. It's just taking a walk. And I was like, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, and I just called some people who I knew would just talk to me and help me out. And... um Talk to Tom Winter, talk to Daniel Chepke, um, cause they kind of live in my neighborhood ish. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that leaves me right now. Um, but it definitely leaves me in a stance of, um, just being upset and angry. And I don't know if, if people of color are asking me to be upset or angry, um, but I am, and I'm. I, it's frustrating because we we all know how our world should be, you know. Like we we know we know we know what God wants for us or wanted for us, and how we've fallen so short of that. And I think um, I think I'm just frustrated because. I I don't know what to do right now, and I think um, I don't think anyone is necessarily asking me to know what to do. Right? It's not about me. Um, I feel like I'm here to. I feel like the token thing to say right now is like, "Well, I'm here to listen." Um, but I am like I'm just I'm I'm learning and experiencing right now that I'm so out of my depth. 
I grew up in a town where there was literally only one black family. And I had a conversation with my mother about just how upset I was about all this. And she agreed. And she said, I'm glad I live in a small town. And I think my mom listens to the podcast. So mom, if you're listening to this, I don't blame you for anything, but I feel like that's almost part of the problem too is, um, yeah, growing up in a small town in Ohio does make things, it does make things easier, but that's a whole town of people who have the, the, the privilege to not give a damn about what's happening right now. It doesn't affect them and it, it doesn't affect me either. That's also part of the problem. Um, if, if I want to not care, I don't have to care. Yeah. That was, I think you just put good words to what I was feeling. And then I felt really convicted by that because it's privilege. I have that white privilege in and of itself that allows me to even think about getting to the place of being numb where like Gary, you said, this is, it's hard when it's, when it feels like it peaks at different times or when different things are happening, mm -hmm. but it's, this is a feeling and a fear and, and something that yeah, people of color and specifically black people might feel their whole lives. And that is not okay by the Lord's standards. And mm -hmm. I, and you, we need to be like repenting of our privilege, like acknowledging it and then actively going against it and, you know, make really conscious effort to be anti-racist. And yeah, Brian, yeah. you can't help that you were raised in a white town. I mm -hmm. can't help that either, but we can still be people who strive for justice and strive to see black people as they are, as people who bear the image of God and maintain and possess, um, yeah, the face of Jesus. Like, yeah. And I think there's a lot of courage in just having a willingness to listen. A lot of people won't even do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's frustrating too because I feel um, so. I had a couple of days where I was pretty depressed, and I don't know what that kind of looks like for me is like just not wanting to get out of the house, wanting to lay in bed all day, you know that sort of thing. Um, and I'm tempted to feel guilty about it, um, but that just kind of feeds back into the whole theme, at least for me. Like this isn't about me at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. It's about, um, I don't know, this is just me talking, but, you know, it's about, it's about people of color. It's people like you, Gara. Like, I have no idea what your experience is, you know? Like, I don't, I just know you as, like, my friend Gara, who goes to church with me and uh, who was super nice that one time at Life Group and, like, bought me and my family a bunch of food. <laughs> and we both had Toms on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we go here, but um, I guess I've just kind of landed on, I don't know, just shutting my dang mouth and um, reading and learning um, as much as I can. And um, I don't know, like, what do, what do I have? I have, I have money, I have time and I have, I have some time. I have money, mm -hmm. money and time. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I plan on donating some money to mm -hmm. 
some sort of organization. I don't know what organization, but <laughs> something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So that's my week. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think as a person of color, I think what I would want um, for white people to feel is just the sense of urgency that we've been feeling about mm-hmm. racism for a while. Like people can say like, you know, what's on my mind or like, I understand how that can be hard or, or something like that. But <clears throat> I just think about all of the generations who have already lived their lives and died before me, you know, black people who have lived their lives and died and yeah. And now I'm almost 25, and that's almost a quarter of a century. It may not sound that long, but it's long for me, and it's long to live with racism. It's too long. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I would want people to just feel the urgency of the situation. Like, these are our lives, right? It's not just like, oh, well, my opinion is, you know, that I don't know, right? That It just doesn't affect you, right? But yeah. it affects me every day, and it affects people who yeah. are darker than me, people mm-hmm. who are darker and immigrants. And so I know that I also hold the privilege of being, if you've never seen me before, listener, I'm a little bit on the lighter side of black people. So <laughs> I, I do have a privilege in that um, light, lighter-skinned black people are, are seen as more beautiful or are seen as more um, worthy of job opportunities and all these kind of economic ties. And so <clears throat> to be aware of that while also wanting something from white people like your the feeling of urgency um is a balance to mm-hmm. it's hard balance to kind of keep i think yeah yeah and i even think um i know i know um i know like the push is to not talk about like politics and not make things political i'm i'm not telling people to vote one way or the other but I feel like there is a sense of, like you said, Gary, a sense of urgency to, to actually vote. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the people who we elect are the ones who influence and make policies at the local, state, and federal level. And um, not to say they can fix everything and solve all the problems, but like a major part of it is like vote for people who – care about the stuff that you care about and and like the issues of i don't know what that noise is there's something chirping outside (laughs) like even you know you hear about like voter suppression issues and about um you know it being hard for people of color to get access to vote because they're they're working or like polling places are far away or you know whatever um that's really messed up stuff you know um there's a car out there. That's great. You know, it was a lot quieter over on Leonard Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I even, so I even, let's shift the conversation more towards like, w- y- yes, there are things we can vote for and politicians we can vote for to like, you know, move things in one direction or the other. But I, I, I'm having a real hard time with um, just how the gospel has been weaponized in the past and how, um, man, how do, how do we as Christians, like, how do I, I feel like, I don't know if I, 
how do I repent of this? Like, how do I move on? Like, how do, like, I know like the truth of, I know like the truth, like the gospel truth and what God wants for us. And, you know, the story of, um, the dude on the side of the road, uh, help me out here. Well, it's the good Samaritan. Uh, the good Samaritan. Who helps <laughs> yes. the guy on the side yes. of the road. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know if the guy on the side of the road was ever given a name, a name or anything. I think he was definitely wounded, but it was yeah, good Samaritan. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so through that story, I mean, it's absolutely obvious and pretty evident that you know God wants us to care for our neighbors, and the neighbor in that situation was somebody who didn't look like me. You know, somebody was a person of color in this situation. And uh, I don't know. I it, it just really makes me upset, like, thinking of, you know, is the is the blood on our hands here? You know, like, do people hear about how Christianity has been weaponized in the past? And, I mean, undoubtedly, they move on and cast it off and... I don't know. It's just so frustrating. And I don't even know, I don't even know where to go from here, but it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where to go either. Yeah. I think, uh, I think when I think of the church and racism, um, I think people, what's that? Yeah. I think, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta lean Garrett, in a little Garrett's bit. closer I'm, to her mic now. We I'm can hear closer. her better. I'm closer to your ears. Um, praise God. I, <laughs> I think, I think about that that viewpoint that a lot of people have is like if you find a problem or if you find a problem with something, then you should also have a solution or like an idea. And I think that's kind of <clears throat> a poor way to look at things. Because if I, I find problems every day, but if I just waited around for other people to give me solutions, then I wouldn't get anything done. And so when I think of racism in the church, I think about um, just how people people in the church view people of color in general. There's a lot of stereotypes. There's a lot of indirect jokes. There's a lot of, I've heard even like racist jokes within our own church. And I'm like, oh yeah, how could we let this like just sit in the air? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about, well, you have to think of people of color and our color as purposeful and intentional and not something that God just pulled out of a hat. Mm-hmm. And created us as being, well, I mm-hmm. guess Kara's going to be black now. And I guess that person's not going to be black I don't know, right? You know, like he wasn't unsure. Yeah. He was very sure and he and he liked it, right? He wasn't like, mm. oh, well, I guess that color is okay. It's not my favorite color. But, mm. you know, our God is very intentional. And so I think in my mind, I think it has to be a personal transformation and thinking of people of color in a different way and not um, only applying that, but thinking of stereotypes. I think of stereotypes and people are like, well, black people don't listen to classical music black people don't wear toms black people don't shop at the gap but we can do whatever we want to do because we're able to do that right we were created like everyone else and we are we have the freedom to do that but when there is this box that is laid out for us it feels like we constantly have to climb out of that box Mm -hmm. consistently climb out of that box and let people know that people of color and black people in particular in America can be whatever they want to be. And so when I think of the church and racism, I think, well, first of all, we have to change how we think of black people. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Think more like Christ in that sense. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it makes me think of um, – it just makes me um, think of the creativity of, of our creator, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of different types of trees or whatever. Like, why wouldn't – like, there be different – Yeah. Maybe that's not quite a perfect metaphor, but, like, <laughs> you know, there's trees that look different. There's human beings that look different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And um, – you know, it's just maybe uh, people from from Europe a long time ago maybe got a you know got a little a little uh, out of hand, <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> to put it, yeah, mildly. You guys got a little out of hand. A little out of hand, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested by what you said in like the here's the box that we've been put in, and that's not that's not from the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. What is like? Gary, if you're comfortable, what is like a personal, like you feel like box experience? You talked a little bit, like, I know you shop at the gap. We've talked about this before. <laughs> like I like the gap. Mm. Um, are there just more examples from your life or I don't know, like how can like our, our church, H2O church, we're a predominantly white church. Like how can we like unlearn the boxes that we've made for people? Right. Yeah. I think, I think one thing is like, I listen to a lot of indie music and they're like, black people don't listen to indie music. Black people just listen to rap and hip hop and R and B and soul. <laughs> and it's like, no, black people <laughs> like music a lot and we can listen to different ranges of music. I know black people that just listen to techno and mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, that's good for you, man. <laughs> that hurts my ears. It hurts my ears. Um, I think, yeah. How, how do you, how do we break down those boxes? Is that your question? I think. Or even, Yeah. What? No, no, no. You're right. You got it. You said it. You, you go. You go. I think, I think getting to know black people in your community is a big part of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just in your own, you know, white little box, white little circle, you don't know any people of color. And then when you do, you hang on to that. And like, well, I know one black person and this black person mm-hmm. is not offended by things that I say. The mm-hmm. black person probably isn't comfortable in your sea of white people, right? Because mm-hmm. you're probably with other right. white people when you're with this person. And so you have to get to know the people of color in your community to get a wider view of what we can be like and what we we will be like. Shocker, we, people are different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like just what you bring to the table mm-hmm. like you just have good like everyone just has you know we we always talk about having like diverse churches not just in how we look but in different like thoughts and experiences and ways of worship and how that's mm-hmm. all like yeah that's good that's good in representing the body of Christ um but something interesting that i heard recently was we're we have to actively fight against not just being churches who value diversity but churches who value justice and, um, yeah, administering justice to every single person and member of our congregation too. And so mm-hmm. that means, yeah, voice and, you know, giving, giving you voice care. I like what you said in our first round of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I just really appreciate your sentiment and correct me if I am getting this quote wrong, but you were saying when given a platform to talk about race, whether it makes people uncomfortable or not, you want to talk about it. And I just really appreciate that you said that and that you do that. Yeah, it is. It is something. It's like a, it's probably from God. I'm not going to say it's me, but it probably is from God. And he's like, talk about this now. And I'm like, Mm. yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. I'll talk about it now. But even going off of what you were saying, Brooke, um, I've had people tell me 
well, you're you're not black. Like, look at me and say that I'm not black. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, did they just think you had a really nice tan yeah. or something? I know. They're well, like, I think that goes like a deeper thing. We try to separate. It's like, no, I don't see color. Like, I don't want to mm, see your blackness. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I love your blackness, and I want to <laughs> celebrate that. Like, yes. yeah, let's not let's not fool ourselves here. It's crazy. It's it's like yeah. it's like. Like white people have this idea that they have an authority on on who is and isn't black, and I'm like, <laughs> you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> like I am. I'm sorry to tell you, right? But I am. It's completely absurd. I know. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. 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 Mm. Well, and even um, we even uh, so I, I was reading in like um, to take it back to color of compromise, like even. Mm. You know, uh, our Brooke, our European ancestors equated Christianity to what we would call Western culture now. So it was like, well, you accepted the gospel. So you also had to adopt Western culture and take on a different name Mm -hmm. and all this bull crap, uh, you know, and they did it with the Native Americans, too. And um, I don't know, like, you can love Jesus and Love your cult, your indigenous culture too. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, I'm talking out of my butt here, as my dad would say. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but it seems like to me that's a thing that should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So we're at about 40 minutes here. Oh wow. I think um, let's let's park the tough <laughs> stuff there. The tough stuff. The tough stuff. Um, but with that said, it's also been a delightful conversation mm-hmm. and, um, delightful and also, um, gut wrenching and I'm still, I'm still just sad, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's get into it here. Um, I don't do the most. if any of you guys know my friend Gara, Gara, one thing that I love about having you in the LOL life group is you are known for hot takes. <laughs> and you are the one I can always count on to have a hot take that is one, not only hot, but also. I almost agree 100% with you (laughs) on all hot takes. It's like you're objectively right. (laughs) Maybe not subjectively to some people, but it it almost feels like it's objective, but, you know, not all the way. Not all the time. So, Garrett, I'm wondering if you could hit us with a couple of Garrett's trademark hot takes. Yeah, of course. I can do it. Okay. Yeah. Get it out. Get it out. All right, here we go. Anyone who <laughs> anyone who likes Chipotle, I can't trust. Why? Because Chipotle is dumb. It's so bad. Wait, <laughs> no, so bad. hold on. <laughs> I can't trust yeah. anyone who likes Chipotle. First of all, it's not authentic Mexican food. They say they're a Mexican grill. They are not on a Mexican grill. It's so overproduced at this point that it's like... Why are we still eating it? Also, why are you still going? Garrett, this is like 90% of the United States population that you just launched a cruise missile at. (laughs) That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Chipotle is bad. And if you like it, I can't trust your opinions on food. 
and I wonder what else you think is good. <laughs> I'm wait, questioning. Wait, okay, hold on. So yep. I understand your complaint that it's not real Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Right. I understand that. Yeah. Does the complaint go beyond just that? Like, right. is, it, is that just like a complete non-starter? But it's also like, like I said, overproduced at this point. So when they first began, I think they were mm-hmm. pretty good, right? They were solid. Yeah. But I think at this point, we've gotten to a point where it's like, it's too much and the food isn't quality at this point because they're trying to serve so many people because it's b- become so popular mm. that now the food mm. is no longer good. It's just okay. It's like Starbucks. Right. Yes. Mm. It's the <laughs> Starbucks of burritos. Yes. Or the Starbucks oh, of fast food. I don't yeah. know. Maybe another chain could be argued to be that. But right. Gara, so what do you think of their chorizo? I know you love chorizo. <laughs> do you love chorizo? What do you think of Chipotle's it was only It was only there for like a month. Right? Or like two months. Glory days. Rip. I have not eaten Chipotle for four years. Oh! <laughs> that's actually, I, I actually think that's actually difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like, you want to yeah. get Chipotle? I'm like, no. No. <laughs> We're actually now going to be done hanging out now that you've re- re- requested that. Dang. So wait, just real canceled. quick, Gara, tell us where we can get some good chorizo. Tell me. Oh, crap. I need to know. I would go where to... Where can you and I go get chorizo? <laughs> I, I go chorizo. to Whole Foods to get my chorizo. Mm. I'm so sorry. I don't know if that's good, but it's the best that I've found. Are you doing... Okay, so when you, uh, when you say chorizo, are we talking like like dried and cured chorizo? Are we talking about like ground, like a sausage that you like... Pan, pan fry. I grew up on the sausage chorizo. Mm-hmm. That's just how my mom made like it. Like Mexican style right, chorizo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's what I'm used to. Gosh dang, I but love chorizo. It's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> it's so good. My mouth is watering right now yeah. just talking about it. Mm-hmm. All right. <sighs> Hot take Egg, number two. Eggs and chorizo. Number mm. two. <laughs> Here we go. I appreciate people who find so much joy and they meet god hiking i really do like oh, it's, no. it's like it's like they're a, about to come after 90 percent of our church's <laughs> hobbies they are like it's so it's so great and like i've heard so many stories of people like going hiking and and having really great experiences and i'm grateful for that for them but like <laughs> kayla was kayla was talking to me about it and she was like yeah, like hiking is good when you have a goal, like getting to the top of a mountain. And I was like, okay, but I've been to the top of a mountain and it's just, it looks, it all looks the same. It's just farther away. And Wait, I'm like, that's K- true. Kayla said this? No, I said this. Oh, you said this? <laughs> it looks the same. It's all just farther away. And I felt, I hiked one mountain. I cried. I told you guys I cried on the way up. And when we got to the top, I was just angry because I didn't feel any kind of awe. I didn't feel happy. I felt so angry because it all looked the same. Betrayed by the landscape. Yes, I was betrayed. That's a good word for it. It's like someone just kind of zoomed things out a bit. Yes. Yeah. But I've seen mountains from far away and they look better that way. Here, I actually, okay. I think, Gara, yeah. I think this might be maybe an ideal situation for you. What? Okay. A couple of years ago, um, Katie and I, you know my wife, Katie. Yep, I know. Um, <laughs> we went to Austria. Oh. And we went to the, um, the, uh, the, is it the French, French, French the French mountains the over Swiss there? The Swiss Alps? The Swiss Alps. We were at the foothills of the Swiss Alps. Yes. 
Um, we were doing a Sound of Music <gasps> tour. Oh, wow. We were on a we were on a bus. Wow! Right, they're hauling us up this mountain in the bus. Yeah, we're drinking beers and singing songs yes. from. Uh, we don't drink beer. We we're um, <laughs> singing songs from the Sound of Music. Yes, and they haul us up this mountain, and they're like, "All right, this is a pretty good scene." Uh-huh. You know, we're gonna we're gonna pull off here, and you guys can all take a look and walk around a little bit. And uh, the mountains were amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And I was like, oh, yeah, God probably does exist. He created all this you know, <laughs> madness. And the beauty of it is I didn't have to hike one bit. Yes. I sat on my butt in a bus <laughs> <laughs> drinking one beer and <laughs> listening to the sound of music and singing songs. It was amazing. <laughs> That sounds maybe try that, Gara. Amazing. Going on a bus. Yeah. The problem wasn't half. The problem was the fact that I had to walk up it. Yeah. The other problem was that I didn't like what I saw when I got to the top. Okay. So this wouldn't help any. <laughs> no. It's just it's just taking out just one keep, factor. Just keep your but mountains at a distance. Yeah. 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 Keep them there where they are. They're fine. We don't need to hike anymore. I think we're okay. <laughs> we yeah. know what they look like. Did anyone force you to wear chacos? No, and I think no one will. And if they kill me and they put Chacos on my feet, I think that's the only way. That's the only way they can get Chacos on my actual feet. Okay. Good. Never wear them. Do you have a third hot take by any chance? Third and final hot take. Brooke, she didn't have one for the first one, for the first (laughs) recording. She came ready. Guns blazing. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) The worst state. In the United States of America is not Florida. Hear me out. Okay. It is not Florida. Wait, are people advocating for it to be Florida? Yeah. A lot of people think the worst state is Florida. Oh. The worst state in the United States of America is Texas. Texas. <laughs> oh, boy. Texas. Wow. You also just came at Texas. Dang. Their whole identity. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Texas. You're not big. You're actually really bad. <laughs> Why Texas? Why Texas? Texas is always so prideful, right? They're always so prideful about being from Texas. I don't like that. I think you should at least be somewhat modest about where you're from. Also, it's very Midwest of you, Gara. (laughs) Gara's from Florida, (laughs) but lives in the Midwest now. I do live in the Midwest. Um, They, if you're not in a big city in Texas, very racist once you step out of those cities mm. right all the cities big cities are pretty progressive um but as soon as you step out racist conservative there's a lot of guns i don't feel safe and i think that's bad yeah also their that beaches sounds, suck your beaches suck texas i hope you mm. hear me hope you feel it in your blood your texas blood <laughs> if you don't feel safe gara that's reason enough for me yeah you know? yeah let's let's keep you out of texas yeah. This is maybe a, a conversation for an entirely different podcast, but I I don't understand the Texas A&M ring and why that is such a thing. Ring? Ring? Like you know they wear, do they wear a ring? When you Like when a you, ring on your finger? Yes. When you oh. hit a certain amount of credit hours at Texas A&M or you graduate from A&M, you quote unquote qualify for this large class ring that's gross mm. and everyone from texas a&m that i know has one so Ooh. i felt like it's weird i felt like Ooh. in high school buying a class ring was a huge scam yeah yeah it was like, a giant I, scam. I know some people from texas yeah. they're great people i mm. love them i know some of them who wear rings who like the wear the like a&m ring 
I want them to hear that I love them. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Mm. That's a really that's a really fresh hot take, Gara. Thank you. You Thank are you. you are a firebender when you yes. administer all these hot takes. Oh my gosh. I just want to say I've replaced my big wedding ring with a ten dollar silicone band from Amazon. And I almost Well, my wife doesn't listen to this. Uh <laughs> I even don't want to wear this sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's not because she doesn't love us. She's just, she has a busy woman. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Um, oh. So we're going to move on. So one of my personal favorite parts Are of the show. Are you texting right now? I am. <laughs> Called out. I know how wow. Brian does this. He transitions us into our recommendation, yes. and I know exactly what I'm going to recommend. So I'm going to text real quick in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for recommendations. The Goofy Game Show music. It's a tradition. Um, I'm going to start with you, Gara. Oh, what's your? Give us a recommendation. What can you know? What can it be? You got you got all sorts of stuff. All right. Well, my recommendation for the last for um, episode nine point one was. Um, this show, this British show called Taskmaster, where it's just these British comedians, or any comedians really, that they pick, about four or five, and they make them do a myriad of tasks that mean nothing, but some dude named Greg Davis gets to judge and give them points based on how he th- well he thinks they've done that task. And it's very funny, and they have about five seasons released on YouTube, and I think you should go watch them. If you need some serotonin, <laughs> that's giving me a nice shot <laughs> every now and then. Yep. Is is Greg Davis the sole arbiter of the show? Is he is he have all the power? He has most of the power. There's his assistant Alex Horn who helps him with these this judging. This judging. But <laughs> still texting. Just an assistant. I'm still done. texting. I think I have a a, a ghost recommendation. <laughs> Wait, what does that even mean? <laughs> what is it? No, I do this all the time. I just say I got a second recommendation. Okay. Yeah, so Go, it's the second one. Yeah. For people who want to learn more about the perspective of people of color. Oh, yes, a book. yes, 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 yes. It's an old book. It's, I think, 20th century literature, but it's called Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. It's a very good book. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very short read. Um, so if you're not like, you're like, Gary, I don't read. I'm like, well, you can read this if you want to educate yourself on yeah. the viewpoint of people of color. It's very good. Yeah. I'm not a huge reader, but I have said, all right, look. I can get it done. Mm-hmm. I can get it done for my fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. I can read a few I, sentences. I, I can learn a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, Brooke, can we go to you, or do you still need a moment over there to coagulate your plans? I'm ready. I'm ready. My recommendation is fresh squeezed lemonade. Yes. yes. I forgot about this. <laughs> summertime baby it's time to get out your lemons you got to make sure you like roll them on the counter first to get the juices flowing we we as humans say that we like to say you know i gotta get my juices flowing you know whatever (laughs) lemons actually need that you gotta roll the lemon out on the counter and get the juices like they have to be tenderized yeah yeah and then I am fortunate to have the equipment of a juicer, so that makes it a lot easier. It catches the seeds in the pulp and just leaves you with the juice. And mm-hmm. so you throw a cup of lemon juice, a cup of sugar, you know, six cups of water if you're, like, trying to please a crowd. <laughs> and you, like, mix it all together. And it's so dang good. Oh, like, man. Also, if you don't want to go through the hassle of fresh squeezed lemonade, you can find yourself at a Penn Station 
Um, I think those are only like an Ohio thing. I don't know. Mm. Sorry, Texas. You don't no. get Penn Station. You <laughs> suck, it, Texas. It literally has Penn in the state in the in the name. It's got to be over in like Frick. Pennsylvania, right? You're probably right. What? It's yeah. got to be more than just Ohio. So Penn Station has good fresh squeezed lemonade, it but I would encourage even if you just gotta like like you know use your hand. Like God <laughs> gave you two perfectly good hands. Like you don't need a juicer. Yes. Just like. That's a Do it. Miller right, yeah. right there. So, Terry Crews. Yeah. For those who watch uh, New Girl, Nick Miller has a quote where he said, I've got two perfectly good forks right here. And he's holding up his hands. Dang. So that would be my recommendation is make yourself some fresh squeezed lemonade. Put some ice in there. Slice up a lemon. Get a straw. Dang. Suck it down. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Suck it down. Amazing. All Brian. right. Uh, well... I was hoping to squeeze out of here without giving my recommendations because I kind of forgot. I don't know what my recommendation is, but if I had to recommend anything off the top of my head, guys, I've been on a big, like hot sauce kick lately. Um, and I've talked about enjoying the show hot ones on YouTube. Yes. Um, but they have a, 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 um, a hot sauce, and if I've talked about this before, I'm so sorry, but I'm saying it again because it's just that dang good. There's a hot sauce that they've done uh, – a company called Heatonist has done in collaboration with Hot Ones. It's called Los, Los Calientes. Wow. And it is this perfect combination of like heat and it's pretty – it's challenging. <laughs> like it's challenging. Like Ooh. folks, tighten your belt. It's, it's going to – you know, it's got a little punch, but it's not enough where you're like, whoa, like, I don't want to eat this. Like, it's, like, spicy and sweet and, like, a little citrusy, but not so bright that it, like, overpowers the rest of the food. Like, I've had hot sauces before that have so much, like, bright acidity flavors to it mm. that all you're tasting is hot sauce, you mm, know? Right. You want it to become a new creation, you know? Mm. You want it to be a little, you know, it's got a little smoke to it. Mm. Like, I love, I love good smoky hot sauce. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So good, <laughs> man. Hey, that's that's a great recommendation. I love hot sauce. Yeah, it's amazing. Hot sauce on my chorizo and eggs. Oh wow! No, I actually move. wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't do that. I was like, I don't know if your stomach would agree with you. No. Oh, I'm for it. I'm for <laughs> it. I would do it. Dang. Hey. I love hot sauce. Hot sauce. Gara, thank you so much for being on our show and for being our friend. Thank you for being our friend and for being Anytime. here tonight with us in the H2O office. Um. What a what a joy it is to know you! Oh, wow, a, a real joy. Crying yeah. real tears. Oh, you're not. I'm looking at you, <laughs> and you're not. That's what you get for texting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, church, it's been a pleasure having a conversation. Gosh, uh, with you, I guess, or listening to yeah. us have a conversation. Um, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>